0: I want you to consider um, uh, whether it's a movie or a book. Hopefully, literature definitely has it more than uh, some movies do. But especially in an epic book, something like The Lord of the Rings, there is a moment where the heroes face an all-is-lost moment, where all hope seems to be gone, that the, the task that they have to do seems impossible. Uh, they might even have uh, the temptation to completely give up, to go home, and to just wallow in their own misery. Every moment of those all-is-lost moments is conquered by a glimmer of hope. And, uh, you know, back to the Lord of the Rings, there's that moment where uh, Sam and Frodo, the Frodo the ring-bearer, are on Mount Doom, all hope is lost, they have no more energy, they seem to have just ready to give up, to let uh, the, the wicked one who's looking for the ring to find it and conquer. And Sam, who's the true hero of the book, if you really pay attention, says, let us be done with it. I cannot carry your burden, but I can carry you. And picks up Frodo and carries him up the hill, up the mountain, where Ultimately, they are able to succeed in their task in a very unexpected way. If you haven't read the book or watched the movie, the movie movie is not as good as the book, the whole series, but I encourage you to do so. It's a long, it will take you some time, but it's a long thing. Very Catholic undertones and overtones. It is that all is lost moment idea that I believe that the Church in her wisdom gives us today this gospel passage to reflect in. Every Sunday, second Sunday of Lent, the church gives us one of the transfiguration narratives. And though the transfiguration most likely occurred in late summer, uh, and we can say that because there's this mention of the three tents, uh, uh, Peter probably, if, if it was in late summer, probably would have been thinking more naturally about tents because the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles or the Hebrew name for it is Sukkot, uh, is in late, uh, late summer, early fall. It alternates because it's a lunar calendar. And there they build tents and live in the field or uh, on the, the rooftops if they're in the city. They, they live outside for those peace days as a reminder that they are a people who are connected to the land, uh, people who are farmers in, uh, in reality, that uh, Harvest Festival. And so as Peter looks up, he has this temptation. So quite possibly, again, it would have been late August. We celebrated August 6th uh, for, for good reason, but uh, the, uh, it's a feast of a battle. But why does the church here on the second Sunday of Lent? And it is that all is lost moment. If you consider what they are about to experience as the disciples, they are about to see their Lord, the one they've come to know as God made man. St. Peter, you are the the Son of God, the Holy One. And they're about to witness him being crucified. Now for us, we probably have a very sanitized notion of crucifixion, Uh, to be honest, if we went into detail. Of what crucifixion entailed, most of us would be very violently sick, or at least we should be, because crucifixion was a horrible thing. As bad as any capital punishment is, crucifixion was so much worse, because uh, as a person was hanging on the cross, they actually were being asphyxiated. They were drowning in the air. In order to be able to breathe, they had to put weight on their feet, which were often nailed to the cross which would have caused them to hurt. It would have been bloody. It would have been utterly decimating the person. To see Jesus Christ, the one they come to know as God, the one who is God, crucified, would have been the ultimate, all is lost moment. That there is no hope, because hope itself was dying on the cross. Except at least Peter, James, and John had been given this glimpse of Jesus' glory, this glimpse of hope, this glimpse that it's going to be okay. Now, at the time, they probably didn't fully understand. In fact, they didn't fully understand the transfiguration itself. And is struggling as we hear, Oh, Lord, it's good to be here. Let us build three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But it is precisely those visitors that Jesus had that reminds them of what hope they ought to have. Moses was, of course, the one through whom God had given the law, God with the uh, Ten Commandments, and, of course, uh, not only the Ten Commandments of the fullness of the law, sometimes we only think about the the stone tablets, but, uh, again, it was more than the Ten Commandments. That God spoke through Moses, and, and the uh, book of Deuteronomy primarily gives us that, that law. Leviticus also naming some of those laws, too. And then there's Elijah, the prophet, the one who uh, more than any had prepared the way of the Lord. It was the spirit of Elijah, after all, that John the Baptist came in, and proclaiming the coming of the Christ. Both Moses and Elijah, if you think there's no connection uh, to Jesus necessarily, except a loose one, had a successor. Moses had Joshua. Elijah had Elisha. Both of those happen to mean God saves, which is precisely what Jesus, the name of Jesus means. Jesus is the successor of both Moses and Elijah. For the apostles to wake up, to see Jesus in his glory, to see him talking to Moses and Elijah. And in St. Luke's Gospel, he tells us that they were talking about his Passover, what he was going to endure in Jerusalem, gave them this glimmer of hope. And like I said, even though they didn't fully understand, they would have seen there something to put their hope and their faith in. As they hear the voice telling them, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, listen to him even though they didn't fully understand what he was charging them as we hear in today's, at the end of this gospel passage, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead, they would have been given that glimpse, that hope. And so again, we might ask, well, why does the church, in her wisdom, give us this passage to reflect on during this Lenten season? That is because we too, even though we know the resurrection occurs... We too are invited to not lose hope. We're invited during this Lenten season to be with Jesus Christ at the foot of the cross. And we call to mind that cross is not this pleasant thing, this sanitized thing. Without hope, without Christ, without the awareness of the resurrection, the cross is, as already said, the ultimate all-is-lost moment. We cannot do it. Without Christ, we cannot do it. It is too much. All is lost. But if we hold on to hope, if we hold on to that glimmer of faith, the glimmer of trust that we have that Jesus Christ is God, we'll be able to endure. A few days ago or whatever, somebody had asked about a book by Vicar Frank, Victor Frankel, a uh, nice uh, I've read the book three, four, five times. It's a beautiful book, Man's Search for Meaning. Now I can remember it a lot easier. But in that book, Viktor Frankl recounts his experience. He was a Jewish man, a Jewish psychiatrist, who was placed in one of the concentration camps during World War II. There he witnessed his Jewish brothers and sisters, and he witnessed their problem. He witnessed so many all his lost moments But he also witnessed something phenomenal. And he was the one to record it first, that those who had a purpose, those who had this glimmer of hope, whatever it was, even if it was to see my wife, to see my child, to uh, finish something, those who had a glimmer of hope endured. Those who gave up hope, those who had no hope, They're the ones that were most likely to die. It doesn't seem possible that it would be that simple. It doesn't seem possible that just a glimmer of hope is enough. But Victor reminded us that if we know the why, we can endure any how. If we know why God is doing what he's doing, we can endure it. Because that why gives us hope. Perhaps we need to start with the end in mind and this is the challenge of the modern man. We forget about the end. We forget about where our task is, where we are destined to be. We're not destined to stay at the foot of the cross. We're destined for eternal glory with God. If we remember that, if we remember the glory that God is giving us, that he has promised us, perhaps like even as he promised Abram in today's first reading. We can set out on any journey. Can you imagine, Abram, if he hadn't been told by God, I'm going to make you a great nation? If he was just told by God, leave all that is comfortable behind, go to this place of unknown, go to this place of discomfort, it would have been too much. He needed the why. We do too. In our own spiritual lives, we might face not just one or two, but many all-is-lost moments. It's not necessary that we do it alone, of course. That's why I go back to the book, The Lord of the Rings. Sam and Frodo had each other, thank God. When all is lost, we turn to others. When all is lost, we turn most especially to Christ who promises hope. And during this Lenten season, we might have an all-is-lost moment. As we say, this growth in holiness is too much. But then we remember Christ conquers, that he's raised from the dead and gives us eternal hope.